Hello, y'all, and welcome to What's Career Got to Do With It podcast, where we hope to provide a space for honest and open conversation and information that encourages a listener to take the next steps in their career journey. Wherever you're at in this process, as always, we hope this episode will meet you with affirmation, guidance, and maybe some laughs along the way. On today's episode, we will discuss what happens when you land the job. The job. Bum, bum, woo, 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 celebrate, yeah, all the things, yeah, woo, woo. All right. Woo, woo. Might be too early for that much noise. It's okay. <laughs> so I, I think I want to kick it off with that. Uh, let's t- tell a story about when we have landed jobs, maybe our most memorable, and maybe do we know whether personally or of other people that may have been disappointed about a job they landed? <laughs> wow. Because I, I, I want to talk about that. I think oh. that there's a really, there's actually a space for that. Uh, and maybe I'll be the one to talk about that one a little bit more, but. I, I'm, I'm ready for that one. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let us begin. Who's going? Story time, story time. Landing the job. Out of the box. Okay. So I think one time that one of the times when I landed a job, Mm -hmm. um, I kind of had to just learn that space. I think that was the biggest thing for me. Like I knew I was going to enjoy it, but it was also a bit intimidating just because, and I'm not easily intimidated, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but just, it's a new, it was a new space. So just trying to get to know who was there, who, who were the people I needed to look to, um, being very cognizant of how, uh, people rolled and listened to them. Um, so I could decipher between the good and the bad, Mm -hmm. um, to kind of help me move forward. Um, and then when I got there, uh, my supervisor just dumped his entire caseload on me. Uh-huh. But it was a method to his madness because he uh-huh. was the, he was the dean, and so he got the 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 children with challenges, or uh-huh. you know, not necessarily they had challenges with their right. situations that were happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I had to kind of like that's what got thrown at me first. Like I didn't get eased into this thing with a light little caseload. It was like okay, I got to learn these people. I got to learn what's going on, and I got to figure out this caseload. No training. It was on the job. We had first to go. First 90 days? We had to go. <laughs> we had oh. to go. But that did change because of that and how we started doing things. We then, when we moved into leadership, we incorporated a whole yeah. onboarding training piece because yeah. that's a lot, inheriting yeah. that many students. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate it. I think I think of the quote from Batman Begins, Alfred saying, uh, referencing the Joker to Batman or Bruce. Bruce. Some people just like to watch the world burn. <laughs> Wow. I liked that. Wow. <laughs> Dark laughter. <laughs> yeah, what about you? Mm. Okay. So is it you want us to take you back to the moment where we got the job or I never asked direct questions. I just like to see where yeah, you I go. Ju- with yeah, that, I didn't know, so I had to kind of think about it. <laughs> you got it, Kay. <laughs> okay. I'm thinking, thinking, thinking. Okay, so when you're talking about your journey, the when I mentioned the like onboarding process, mm-hmm. for me that was always a good indicator of whether the job was worth it. Like if it was worth doing the introductory call, if it was worth going to a second round interview, if it was worth going to the final round. And I have to say, so far, my onboarding experiences have been great. I think 
like post undergrad, the best one I had was here. Um, the very first job that I did have that was mo- closely related to, again, degree name, and we had that conversation with Dr. OJ, my onboarding was very, like I in the interview process, I was very clear, like, hey, I could see working with you as a mentor. Like, if I accept this role, I want to accept it because I want to work with you. Was onboarded, and then things shifted and changed where the person was like, well, yeah, I was a part of your hiring process. Technically, I'm your manager, but I'm going to push you off, and you're actually going to report to this person. And that person's, like, people skills was trash. Mm-hmm. Like, it was garbage. And so that played a lot into, like, feelings of belonging and wanting to stay in the role and in that job. So whenever, like, going through the process of, like, applying for a job or going through an interview or accepting, I have to meet the people I'm actually going to work with out the gate. So... You got dropped, Kay? They, I got, you. they, they tried to drop me. <laughs> and the gag is, I ain't going to put any business out there, but it was, yeah. Okay. Were you going to pick the world up and then drop it on their head? I was going to burn. Ooh, I caught myself. Yes. Ah, <laughs> move on. <laughs> move on. <laughs> Probably because I brought Wheezy lyrics into this, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, I'll take you back to a time. I, I was one of those people that actually stayed in school because I was a psych major. So I was like, I need to stay in school. <laughs> and so like I really never had a, a true, true job offer. I worked jobs and it wasn't like I didn't get an offer letter or like an outline of like benefits or anything like that. I was mainly working odds and ends jobs until um, I was ready to go to divinity school and actually had two real offers, offer letters from uh, churches to go work for them. And I remember when I got it, there was like wait, nobody ever taught me how to like even look at this and say that yes or no to this company, X company or X church in this situation. Uh, how do I even express like why I'm choosing another one or why I I don't want to be a part of this place? And I think that was really, really confusing. And I just kind of let my gut lead and say, really appreciate this opportunity, but this other one, um, I feel like it, it, it fits a little bit more of what I am looking for. Not that your church or your place of work is bad. I didn't, I didn't risk it. That's not the exact words, but it was something along those lines. Um, so really being appreciative and thankful that I was able to receive an offer and have an opportunity, but also acknowledging that we have to look out for ourselves. We have to look out for what's right for us. We have to look out for what's going to best benefit us in the next situations. Um, I will say there are a lot of people out there that truly, truly do care about the applicants that apply to their their companies, their institutions. But they're also be warned: there's going to be people that just want the hire. Um, mm-hmm. There's going to be people that just want the hire, and it is off-putting when you say no for another company. It mm. takes time and effort to recruit people. It takes time and effort to just extend an offer and then wait. Um, time is money in a lot of places. Um, but that says more about the, the institution itself than it does about you as a person for looking out for what you need. Um, mm. So I want to encourage you by that. But then I also brought up that story about a bad job offer. Because those two were, were still good job offers, but a bad job offer. And I haven't I haven't experienced this personally, but I have seen it time and time again. Um, and now that I'm bringing this up, I bet y- y'all will as well. 
students, uh, friends, family members who have received jobs and it wasn't exactly what they were looking for at the time. They had their hopes up. They had gone through the process. The job comes in and they they are appreciative that they were extended an offer, but the money's not where it's at or the time frame is not where it's at, where you're, where they were hoping it to be at. Or um, they learned along the way. Maybe it was the last meeting that they felt like, maybe this company's not it. How do I respond to this? Do I go and, and do? Maybe they didn't disclose exactly all of your roles and responsibilities until they extended out the offer letter. I've heard of that. Um, so what's y'all's? take on that? How do you respond when it's the offer comes in and the salary is lower or uh, maybe the expectations are not what you thought they were going to be? Oh, it's in my head now, Rudy. <laughs> it's something you said that triggered the, the thought. Um, so I have been in that position and I I kind of knew what the what what the job was asking for. And I um knew they always took advantage of, I don't know, maybe take advantage is not the right word, but most jobs have that as other duties as assigned. So, you know, that can be Finessing, lying. You know? And so, you know, having kind of been around that space, I knew what it was and I saw that salary and I said, how am I supposed to support myself and there are no benefits How's this supposed to happen? So what I, I, I nicely responded and thanked them for that opportunity and looked forward to maybe working with them in the future in other capacities. Mm -hmm. But I had to go take a job in which I had no desire. I never thought I wanted to be in. Um, but it paid my bills and I had benefits and I had right. retirement. Um, and so sometimes you have to go with that gut reaction that thought of like okay I gotta do what's best in the long run money's not necessarily everything for me I was just starting out so I didn't have to have all of the money in the world you know but yeah sometimes you have to take a step back and see is the lack of funding worth me going through all of this and working all of these hours because I knew the hours that was getting ready to happen in that um so yeah mm -hmm. I, I don't I, ooh Hey, was that an idea? I think that might have been me. Um, <laughs> when Nicole listens to this, she is going to cackle and laugh, okay? Okay, so me now. Um, back to my train of thought. So with a bad job offer, I, because of the work we do now, of course, we know like negotiating is important. You can subtract your feelings and emotions of, I don't want to seem like a bad person when I go in to negotiate. Now, Rewind back to early version K. Me, again, I was that student who wasn't really connected with the career center. All I had was just ambition and I knew what I wanted and I knew what I didn't want. And so I was using that mainly as my compass for figuring out, okay, is this job offer, like you were talking about, is it going to allow me to live a life where I've got insurance coverage and I've got enough money to buy the things that I need to? Because again, depending on family to support me after graduation wasn't an option for me personally. And so I think when we're having this conversation about job offers, I think it's also important to think about cultural nuance, mm -hmm. socioeconomic status and stuff like that, because for some folks, it's not an issue where they've got to um, think about, 
oh, it's just paying me enough. Some people work in the industry and have the luxury of, oh, I've got this 200K offer. I've got this 100K offer. Uh, I'm going with 200K. Uh, problem solved. Mm-hmm. But for some folks, it's not like that. So for me, when thinking about like that job offer process, re- reminding the, the folks who are listening, especially that you you can really look at the negotiation as this is a you're at the point in the process where it's no longer um, about, you know, selling yourself. It's about, okay, I've explained to you who I am, what I can give to you. You've offered me the the position. Now let's step into this business room and really negotiate respectfully mm-hmm. about what I know I'm worth. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's important about that too. Yes. Worth, worth. I, I think if we're in the business of reshaping the, the workforce as is, and I think that's what our generation is doing. I think that's what the emerging generations are doing, is mm-hmm. reshaping the way that work can look and work-life balance. We must also question our worth. It's not that we're not thankful for an offer. It's not that we're not thankful for a chance to work. As we look at employment numbers in some sectors going, uh, unemployment numbers in some sectors going down mm-hmm. and also in other sectors going up, um, it's just a time period where in where it is really confusing to say, yes, I am loving where we're at. I am loving what we're doing. Um, I'm excited to take every single thing that comes my way. But that can't just be a reality all the time. And so I do want to create space. And that's why I propose that is creating space to say, hey, know your value, know your worth. Mm -hmm. Also question, we've been trained. I think we've been trained and programmed to say, well, I have to be loyal to the workforce, right. I have to be loyal to this job. And so I want to flip it and say, how have they been loyal to you? Oh, how have man. they shown you Ooh. that you are worth this? Right. Yes. How have they said, hey, we really desire in seeking you out? Did they make you wait five days? And did they pressure you to accept the job? Right. Take these things into mm-hmm. consideration. I'm not saying that's an immediate red flag, but know how they communicate with you and really, really wage that against them as well by saying, hey, you know, this process was not exactly what I expected. And so I'm, I'm having some hesitations surrounding accepting this position right now. I need to really think through this and think through um, my time and future and what it could look like in this company. So I, I do want to empower you for that. Mm-hmm. I had a question, though, since you kind of went there. How much time are you asking for when you're trying to rethink and, and figure out once the offer's been put out there? I say rule of thumb is two weeks. Okay. Same. Mm-hmm. Same. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. I say two weeks on that. Um, I think it's pretty con- it pretty much consistent across our office as well. I know we get a lot mm-hmm. of questions around that and employers do have their deadlines and, and recruiters will push, but get it in writing too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make sure you yes, get absolutely. that in writing. Yes. Because you may talk to a recruiter and say, yeah, sure. Take till next Friday or take uh, for a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden they come back the next week. Hey, the, actually the hiring manager uh, wants a decision by today or by the end of tomorrow. Um, just saw that one happen recently mm-hmm. uh, with someone. So uh, make sure you get that in writing um, as well, because mm-hmm. your time is just as important in the decision-making process. You know, I had a, um, a colleague who was working through a recruiter with another company and when I mean they strung her along and she's trying to figure out what's going on and sometimes you know it's different different things happen in different times but it almost would have been better for her at that particular time and she was directly in contact with the company because I think that caused some increased frustration um, on on that so yeah Mm -hmm. no 
And and you can help that process by reaching out and asking questions. You don't always have to ask about a deadline mm-hmm. or timeline from the recruiter. If you just reach out and say, hey, yeah, just wanted to let you know that I'm still interested in this position, still interested in this opportunity before that offer may come in or before uh, <laughs> you really have a good sense of what you're doing. I once went on like six interviews for a position and they just ran me through the organization and <laughs> the offer still didn't come until a month later. <laughs> Um, I should have known that was a sign (laughs) (laughs) that there was a little bit of dysfunction um, at the the larger level, not necessarily Mm -hmm. the the division I was working in. And also know, too, different companies have different ways. So, like, if you're working for or trying to apply to some sort of state, uh, federal government type situation, whether it's high ed or not. They got mm-hmm. their own way of doing things versus if it was a private company. So right. keep that in mind, too, as you're working through those decisions. And the other thing for y'all to remember is the Career Center has published on this website its employer policies and student policies. So if you're the type of person where you you come to the Career Center, get the advice and get the, the coaching around how to negotiate an offer, there's also policies that you can read to just get, again, that background knowledge of what we say as a department, as an entity, to employers who come and recruit students on campus, if that makes you mm-hmm. feel more safe and um, knowledgeable, just because you have that information at your disposal, too. All right. Bless the person that sneezed outside mm-hmm. the room. Um, that was my MDiv coming out. So. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so shifting gears a little bit further. So maybe you maybe you did get that offer and you decided to go ahead and accept it and you're 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 feeling okay about it. You're not sure what the next step is. Maybe it wasn't quite the position you wanted, but hey, it'll do. It'll pay the bills. It, it has the things you want. But then 2 weeks later, the dream job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they come calling. Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Hey, <laughs> Here's a salary that's 30000 more than the other person. <laughs> what do you want to do about it? You stuck we know that, now. <laughs> I mean, know that's how recruiters talk, now. too. It's a joke. <laughs> mm. It sounds like you're talking about reneging, Rudy. <laughs> really? <laughs> Ooh. Mm. Mm. We always tell people what? Don't do it. Don't renege. Like, you don't renege on the spades table. <laughs> oh, no, you did not. I mean, I was going to bring up spades. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Pick your partners wisely, folks. <laughs> Rudy, be playing spades. Yes. All right. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Rudy, who you be playing spades with? Friends, man. I got friends. Oh, sharks. Okay, I'm going to see that friend. Space tournament on the way. All right. Dominoes. Sorry, y'all. Yeah, We're yeah. focusing. Yeah. Mr. Oh, Opinionated over here. Let, let, I, I'm going to need you to, to bring it back in and explain your philosophy. Okay. <clears throat> I'm back. It's almost like you've committed to something, you've signed the dotted line. And you've, again, engaged in that, you know, the process of negotiating, maybe going back and forth a little bit, and you've come to an agreement with that employer. Um, you've checked, you know, reassessed, you know, your values and out checks off with that. And you committed and said yes. And so I know for us, when we talk about reneging in the office, when we meet with students, we say reneging um, almost 
puts in jeopardy the relationship that we have that our recruiter if they visit campus, if they do information sessions with us constantly. And then it also makes it look like our students aren't prepared to really think critically about, okay, is this job offer something I'm willing to take? So if you're, you know, really um, quick to just accept it and not really think about, you know, okay, when am I going to receive an offer from these next two, you know, job search processes that I'm in? Did you accept the offer? While and then continue to interview with people while you accepted the offer. That's the other issue with that, you know, scenario as well, too. So all of that unpacking and dropping on the table. It, well, also, too, you got to understand that, yes, it's the relationships with mm-hmm. the university and the career centers and things of that nature. But also, if you're going into an industry, people talk within the industry. Right. Um, so, you know, if you're one who takes that road know that people are going to talk and, and mm-hmm. people know each other and they go from company to companies within those industries so you also want to play it smart because you you nine times out of ten you're not going to be at that job for 30 years you're going to move somewhere else in the industry so mm-hmm. just if, if you don't have anything you have your name um, so you always want to protect that and turning down the offer of your dreams does not close the door. Mm-hmm. It does not. Um, I think that's the, the natural inclination is like, this is my one shot at this opportunity. No, this is a shot to show the, the company of your dreams or the offer of your dreams that, hey, I'm loyal. I made this commitment to this other place, and I'm going to go give it my all for a bit. But I would love to stay in contact. I would love to continue to network with you and get to know a little bit more about your company. But I am going to give my my full participation in this next opportunity that I have that I've committed to. That is definitely, definitely something um, that you can do to make sure that you keep the, the lanes of communication open. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying this is not a relationship y'all but i'm not saying you're you're constantly DMing them and telling them hey you know this other job that i accept but it's bad what i'm saying is you're going to give it your your full effort and see what happens um and go from there and i i will also say you know this is this is my thought and how i think there's also this thing called divine intervention and perhaps you're not supposed to be there right now it may be something you're supposed to be learning, going through, figuring out, um, building upon before you actually get to that next space. So don't, like we said, don't always look at it as a closed door. Try to think of the glass half full versus empty on this one. Yeah, we need to do a whole podcast about like not supposed to be there right now. Because <laughs> that, that one is tough. I think there are plenty of jobs out there that we're like, hey, I have the qualifications. I have the things I need. And it's just not the right time. Mm-hmm. It's just not the right time. Maybe the organization is not prepared for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, there are a few things that you just haven't seen yet in your professional career that would really, really benefit you um, if you were to get this role or if you got the role and you step into the role. And, and so I think that's also a consideration as well. And we've stepped into the muddy waters of decision making and talking with people how to make decisions. So just remember, like, if you get to the point where you've got multiple offers on the table and, like, timelines are a little wonky, you can come to us and talk to us and kind of get that that outside opinion or outside perspective and advice on how to approach that, too. So don't don't sign it in a hurry. Yeah. Log on to Handshake. Click that green button on top of Career Hub page and set up an appointment. Yeah. And, and that's also why we, we spend a lot of time as advisors. You know, there's a lot of transactional components of the work that we do. Um, 
in career. So resume, um, right, cover letter, right. applications. We, we do handle a lot of that, but also we really want to focus on who you are beyond just that. And that's why knowing yourself as a part of the process that we, that mm-hmm. we do to talk about what are your values? What are your non-negotiables? How do you leverage them in a conversation once you've received an offer um, right. before you even get to the offer as well? But really, even after you've accepted the offer, I think it's good to continue to explore, all right, this is who I am in this space. What can I do to get better today at this job that I have just taken? Um, that's always a good thing to, to set up, to plan out, to think through, to ask as you begin the job itself, as you as you go through the process. And we, we will do a session on or a, a podcast on the first 90 days uh, coming up here soon. But know that evaluating who you are is going to make you um, a better employee, a better person to work with, probably happier outside of work as well. Um, you know, I'm just pulling that. I could Google that and see what happens. And I'm sure there's an article from Psychology Today or something. Of but course. Yeah. Psychology Today. They have their own theme song now. <laughs> but last little bit as we as we close out here um you know we've talked a lot about like <laughs> different emotions associated with the job but there's one we've kind of left off um and that's celebration i think that is important too i think we wanted to lean heavy on the all the questions that exist with a job but I do want to focus and end with this because it is important to do this, to give time for yourself, mm-hmm. to celebrate the moment that has happened, that uh, the shoes that you are now able to walk in or to to work with um, a new opportunity in your life. OK. Mm. Oh, comment on celebrating. Yes. I love to celebrate or sing us out. Either one. Look. Celebrate it. Uh, 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 Come on, kid. We, we got to secure that. Um, it's time. That su- <laughs> Together. <laughs> we need the video. You all Everyone need to see it. Come on. around the world. Yeah. Come on. Celebrate good times. Come on. Oh. All right, y'all. This has been the What's Career Got to Do With It podcast. I am done with this. I'm going to get some more coffee. Y'all have a great day. Bye. (laughs) 